Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbak wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbika arhamur rahimin. Ya Allah, we ask you for your love, we ask you for the actions that will gain your love, and we ask you, Ya Allah, for the love of those people that you love, Ya arhamur rahimin. Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim so in our last class, uh, we were talking about this, this series of Know Thy Enemy, understanding the tricks of shaitan, and we talked a lot about waswas last week and the different types of thoughts that come to us and differentiating between good thoughts and bad thoughts and how to focus on good thoughts because thoughts are the beginning of all actions. And so shaitan's primary tool against us is to constantly bombard us with negativity internally. And the hadith tells us that there's a shaitan sitting right over our heart. And whenever we're not engaged in the remembrance of Allah, that shaitan is constantly dripping poison, dripping poison, dripping poison. And in the first class, we mentioned that those shayateen are not always in the spiritual jinn form, but sometimes they're actually human beings in our lives. And that means we have to do our best to exile all negativity, anything, any person that's pulling us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and so we talked last class about the different types of thoughts. Um, the thing that we have to understand is that this is a lifelong battle that we're in. This war with shaitan is lifelong. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. It never stops. Um, unless you lock yourself in a room and live in some cave, you're always going to be fighting against shaitan. And um, it's just important to know that. It's important to realize that as long as there's blood flowing through your veins, we're in this battle with shaitan. It's never going to end. But there's hope, and the hope is that uh, when a person, first of all, understands the tricks of shaitan, then, 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 then you're woke, and shaitan treats you differently, right? Like, when someone is trying to play you, get over on you, if they know you're woke, they stay away from you, right? And they stay away from people that you're around, because they know this person peeps game, as we say. This person is aware. And if you want a proof from the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he said in one narration, nafsi biyadi, I swear by God, ma laqiya shaitan qat salikan. Shaitan never meets you on a path ever. Who was he talking to? Umar. He said, Shaitan never sees you on a path except illa salaka fajjan ghayra fajjak. Shaitan sees you and he's like, oh. Let me dip and go this way. I'm going to take the other route. And what scholars say is this isn't metaphorical. This was, 
literal, that shaitan, whenever, uh, um, whenever Umar ibn Khattab was walking on a path, shaitan's like, let me go the other route. When I read that narration, it reminded me to keep good company though. Because if I'm with somebody who's, who's, who's good, then for me, it was like, yo, maybe you got that Omer vibe. And Shaitan will see you and be like, all right, let me go the other route. Let me, let me dip the other route. Unfortunately, if we have other people around us <laughs> that are the opposite, then I understand how dangerous that could be. So, so the war never stops. We're always fighting against Shaitan. We're fighting for our souls. But you can become strong enough whereby you help other people. SubhanAllah, the scholars, they were saying that Shaitan would go the other route because whoever's rolling with Omar, whoever's near Omar, Omar's going to be there to keep that person aware of those tricks of Shaitan. And so just, just remember that when it comes to keeping good company. Um, there's a narration by Ibn Mas'ud. There's a narration by Ibn Mas'ud. It's not from the Prophet Sallallahu but due to the nature of the narration, they say that perhaps this is from the Prophet. He said, لَقِيَ الشَّيْطَانُ الْمُؤْمِنْ شَيْطَانُ الْكَافِرُ that the shaitan of a believer like interacted with the shaitan of a, of a disbeliever. The shaitan of the believer was, was weak, was skinny and weak. The shaitan of the kafir was ripped, was strong. He goes, yo, what's up with you? The, the strong one goes like, yo, what's up? Like, you're not getting your protein in? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, yo, way, you know, like, what's wrong? Why are you so skinny? Like, he goes, he goes, I can't get nothing from him. What do you mean? He says, When he walks in his house, the first thing he says is, Bismillah. And then, When he drinks something or she drinks something, they say Bismillah. Qal al akhir. The other one's like, man, I'm chilling. I'm eating good with my assignment. Because he never mentions Allah. She never mentions Allah. So the reason I, I bring that up is just for us to understand that we're in this battle, we're in this war, but one of the greatest tools that we have besides studying these different tricks of shaitan, which we're going to be studying right now, one of the best tools that we have is the remembrance of God. Like, like hold on to the remembrance of Allah, even if it's just bismillah. And I hate to be redundant, but one of the greatest things shaitan wants to do is break up families. So the moment you walk in your house, say bismillah. Somebody, put it on the door. Because that is his greatest victory when there's beef in the house. When people are salty and mad at each other at home. So walk in the house, bismillah, bismillah, bismillah. Okay, before we get into um, one of the, uh, like a, a deeper etymology into the tricks of shaitan, I want to go back slightly, just for, you know, five or ten minutes, on the concept of identifying where evil thoughts are coming from. So last week, or two weeks ago, we were talking about evil thoughts and good thoughts. And we talked a lot about how to cultivate really good thinking. But right now, I want to talk about evil thoughts. And here we go. Let's break this down. Evil thoughts are going to have one of three sources. One of three sources. Number one. I'm going to start with the shockingest one. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Like what? Evil thoughts? I got you. Number two, what are we here for? Well, not here for shaitan, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's clarify that. Uh, we're, the other source is shaitan. Yes. And the third source, yes, yourself, your nafs as we call it. And for those not familiar, the nafs, uh, I said this before, the nafs, the easiest way to understand it is it's like a four-year-old child inside you. It just wants what it wants when it wants it right away. And it will consume until it has a stomach ache. <laughs> it doesn't care. It will self-destruct. It's what gets addicted. It's what kills itself. It's what's pleasure-based and instantaneous. So the first one, Mikael, how can a source of evil thoughts be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Well, Imam Ghazali says this. He goes, let's start off this way, actually. First of all, if the thought, the evil suggestion is persistent, it's like, uh, you know how when you go to the doctor and they talk about pain and sometimes the pain is like a, a, a constant like seven and sometimes it's like a sharp hit. Like you make a movement and it's just sharp. Other times the doc, you're like, no, it just hurts like all day. This thing is just a constant pressure. I don't know what the terms are for that. Maybe y'all can help me. Right? Huh? Whatever. It's all good. It's all good. It's not, I was a rhetorical question, but it's not good. So, so listen, that, that if, the, if it's a constant evil suggestion, constant, it's just, it just stays on you, that thought, then it's from one of two places. And I know this is going to sound weird, but I'll clarify it. It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or it's from the nafs. It's from the nafs. So what you have to understand is the nafs, when it wants something, it's just persistent. Do you have a little brother or sister? Do you have a child of your own maybe? When they want something, it's just persistent. They just press and press. Mommy, 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 mommy. Right? Daddy, 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 daddy. Persistent. The other is from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you're wondering, wait, Mikael, how can evil thoughts come from Allah? Here's the deal. Imam Ghazali, he goes, if the thought is evil and it came after a sin, this is a punishment from Allah, but it's the natural consequence of the deeds you just did. But it's from Allah. Let me break that down again so we can all digest that. You look at the thought and then you analyze, you, you, you troubleshoot. What's been going on today? What's been going on today? If you're seeing disobedience, like we all make small sins, that's human beings, but we're talking like, you know, something notable. You're like, yo, I messed up. Then as a consequence of a sin, I mention this, Makaira, all the time. What's the reward of one sin? One more sin. Reward in the, in the sense of the payback, the outcome of one sin is the next. You know, the Arabs, they say, al-kithib yajurru al-kithib. The lie pulls the next lie. So the sin pulls the next sin. But hey, cheer up, because a good deed pulls another good deed. Right? So it's, it's all around. So, yes, if it's a persistent negative thought, and it, was, it came right after a sin, then this is a, it is an evil thought. And, it, and it's from Allah. When we say Allah, because this is just the sunnah of God. This is just the, the, uh, the order of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. Like from the sin comes more sins. 
But where do sins on your limbs begin from? Right here. Begin right here. So, um, but if it wasn't percent, percent, and that's where hard-hearted, you know, there's this hadith about you commit one sin and slowly the heart becomes black and just covered and it's rusted. And that's, that's the idea of that one sin coming after the next. Um, so what did we say? If it's persistent and it's a, like a constant pain, so to speak, that's uh, from the nafs or that's from um, Allah. Uh, but if it's quick, if it's quick, shaitan, that's his style. Shaitan just tries something. If it doesn't work, he's on to another tactic. So that's how you know that. And the last thing is you test it with dhikr of Allah. You test it with dhikr of Allah. If the evil suggestion becomes weaker or goes away altogether with dhikr of Allah, that's shaitan. But if it doesn't, that's your nafs. And that's why Ramadan, shaitan's all locked up, but we all still like, you know, because it's, it's in the nafs. Now, let me say this. What we notice is that shaitan will mention it so often that it actually starts to sit in the nafs. Right? So be careful of allowing yourself to play with thoughts when they come. When an evil thought comes, you just got to be like, Astaghfirullah, la quwwata illa billah, and keep it going. Don't entertain the thought because yes, it was from shaitan, but his point is to just plant the seed. You got to provide the water. If you don't provide the water, the seed doesn't grow. So don't water the seeds he plants. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Okay. So this was just for us to understand a little bit deeper about where evil thoughts come from. Right? And the reason you do that is so that you can be more equipped to fight against them. So if you get this evil thought and you're like, uh-oh, halakha, class three, let me troubleshoot real quick. Seems like this is a satanic thought. A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. I'm good to go, right? Doesn't go away. You're like, ah, oh, my nafs, got to fight it. And now, okay, it's from the nafs. Now what do I do? Well, that's another halakha. Maybe we do another know thy enemy, know thy internal enemy or something in the coming months or something, right? Uh, to, to know how to fight the nafs. But at least you're getting closer to where the problem is and now you know how to deal with it, right? MashaAllah. All right. Now, we want to talk about a specific... Uh, a trick of shaitan today, right? We want to talk about a specific way shaitan attacks us. Um, so I'm going to begin with this, uh, this model that Imam Ghazali came up with. Um, Imam Ghazali, he says, This is a beautiful analogy for you to understand what's going on in this uh, spiritual realm within us. He says, understand that the heart is just like a, a hisn, a fortress, the heart is just like a fortress. And shaitan is this, this, this enemy that's trying his best to get inside the fortress. Why? To control it. And, 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 and control the, re, the, the helm. To be in control. That's shaitan's objective. He wants to get in that fortress and not only get in it, overcome it, take over it, and be the leader of that fortress. Now, but you can't protect the fortress or, or, or guard the fortress except if you protect its entrances and the ways in. But you can't protect the ways in unless you know where those exit and entrance points are. I just, I was, I was talking to this, well, my wife, we were uh, like going over this, right? So I was like, you know, you know when, uh, 
Yo, you know when wifey tells you go lock, check the, the doors and stuff? Like, you know what doors, the, like, you don't go up to a random wall and be like, yeah, it's secure here. <laughs> no, for real. Like, you don't do, you go to the back door. I got three doors. The back door, garage door, front door. That's all I got. There ain't nowhere else to check. Right? So, so knowing the entrance points allows us to protect those points. Right? That's the objective here. Right? And so what Imam Ghazali, he says is, if it's wajib or necessary, wajib for you to protect the door, then it's a, it's a, it's a necessity for you to learn where those doors are. And so there's this usul in fiqh where we say, Whatever thing connects you to an obligation that you have, that thing is an obligation too. Right? So it is an obligation for us to learn these different madakhil, how does shaitan get into the heart? Right? So the reason I like this analogy of a fortress, because here's the deal. The fortress gives me a, a meaning of something special, a treasure. So a fortress tells me there's something inside special. And I think a lot of us are allowing ourselves to consume and allowing stuff into our fortress very cheaply. Do you feel what I'm trying to say? Like all of that scrolling we're doing, that's what you're letting yourself consume. But from this perspective, that heart is a, is a fortress. And you just let the doors down to an algorithm. You just let the doors down to whatever's on the stream. Come on in, buddy. Open house. Whoever's on my stream can now come into my heart. So I like this example because it really helps us realize how valuable your heart is. And to me, that's our key buzzword from last year, which was mental, mental real estate. That was our buzzword last year, mental real estate. Because we all value real estate. Who in here wouldn't want real estate? But you got the most valuable real estate, which is your attention, your focus. And so... So, so I love this example. So what does he say? He says, you have the job of protecting the doors of this fortress. Um, and so you have to learn what those doors are. So we're going to go through some of the biggest doors first. We're going to get through as many as we can, right? Um, um, and we're going to fill those gaps. These are the doors, the biggest holes. These are the front doors. These are the things where Shealtin run through like crazy. All right? Now, we're going to do one of those tricks or doors that shaitan comes through. But before that, I want to bring up one thing. There's a verse where Allah, there are four places where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَتَّبِئُوا خُطَوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ وَلَا تَتَّبِئُوا خُطَوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Every day in every prayer, we ask Allah, اِهْدِينَ الصِّرَاتِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Sirat, a pathway. We understand this deen is about walking on a path. But what we don't realize is a path is made up of small steps. Shaitan doesn't take us to the end point right away. This is one thing I would need us all to understand before we talk about all these tricks. Shaitan doesn't start off, I mean, it's adults in here. Shaitan doesn't start off with zina. It don't start there. Habibi. It starts off really, it starts a DM. Oh, great post, great content. It was inspiring. No, for real. Like, it starts off so mundane. 
so smooth. Shaitan's like, your niyyah is great. Your niyyah is great. So realize, please understand, we have this, this thing in the, like the running club where it's like, it's just one step after the next. Like this, this marathon is made up of small steps. Just take that one step. Similarly, please understand, Sirat al-Mustaqim is one step at a time. Because if you look at Sirat al-Mustaqim as like, I got to really run all the way to Jannah, you're going to burn out. So what do we say? It's just today. All you got to do is pray Isha today, Habibi. That's it. Tomorrow comes, all you got to do is pray Dhuhr. All you got to do is pray Fajr. All you, got, you just look at the next little waypoint. And alhamdulillah, you got people on the side. They're like, yo, go ahead. We got you. We got you. Yo, go ahead. You know? So, um, so the point here, the point to understand is the, 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 the Quran says, shaitan. It doesn't say, don't go down sabilu shaitan. It says, don't follow the steps so that you realize it's micro. It's, it's the small stuff that he, where he moves you. So why am I saying that? It, as I, is, is the scholars have written about how he moves us in general. And I thought I wanted to share one of these concepts of khutawat shaitan. So one of the scholars said it this way. I'll start with the positive thing. Um, we all know we got five prayers to pray, right? We all, we all know that, right? Whether we lapse in that or not, that's a different thing. But we all know that, right? You've heard me say this before, but I have to repeat. It's very important. How do you protect how do you protect your fart? Say like, say like you never want to miss a fart. How do you actually physically protect that? Your sunnas. So what you do is you just become super, super critical about your sunnas. Like I'm never going to miss a sunnah. Because what happens is when you slip up, you slip into fart. You get it? Now, if you really wanted to protect your sunnas, you're like, yo, I don't want to miss a sunnah. Nafal. You're like, yo, I'm going to always pray an extra nafu, ishraq, salatul ishraq, or, 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 or tahajit, right? So, so, so you like, your, 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 your group message of buddies, you know what I mean? We got the fudger crew, right? We need the nafu crew, you know what I mean? Your nafu crew is like, yo, I slipped up on my nafus today. And other people are like, why are you trying to flex? But in reality, you're not, I'm not flexing, I'm protecting. I'm weak, that's why I need nafus. Like, isn't that a different perspective? Like, oh, you're praying nuffles because you're so strong. No, I'm praying nuffles because I'm super weak. If I don't pray nuffles, I probably wouldn't even be praying fard. So I need that level of protection. This isn't a flex. I need protection. Right? I need that protection. So the reason I brought that up is the same way we have this angelic methodology of using the nuffles to protect the sunnas and the sunnas to protect the fard, shaitan has a satanic methodology for getting you down the other route. And he, listen to what some of the scholars have written. First step, this is really general, but it helps us. He says that, to just indulge, so there's a concept of like something mubah. Mubah means permissible, like you can do it, right? This is heavy though. That's what we're here for, right? Bismillah. All right. So listen, so we have this concept in our early generations of things being permissible, but people still refraining from it. Like, I'm good. I'll do a little bit, but I'm, I'm good, right? Like, like, I'll give you an example. I'm not, like, there's no fatwas here. I'm just giving you an example. Umar ibn Khattab, he saw this guy 
going to the butcher like thrice in a week, right? And, he, and after the third time, he's like, hey, yo, Habibi, salam <laughs> He comes over, he's like, um, I saw you go to the butcher three times. Now, you got to understand, Omar's just like kind of like in your face a bit. He's going to ask you. He's not going to hold back. He's like, I saw you go into the butcher three times. And the guy, he was frank. He's like, yeah, I wanted meat. And he said to him, he said, you do everything you want? Right? It's like, <laughs> to us, we would just be unmasked. Like, I'm done. Right? <laughs> I'm done. But the point, the point now, what's the point? The point is like, who says eating meat? Like, you can eat meat eight times a week if you want, right? But listen, what they're trying to highlight is to, to indulge in the mubah, guess what the next step is? Dukhul fil muharram. You enter into haram. It's just the opposite equation, right? And then look at the next step. After you enter into the muharram, now you stop giving up some of the orders of Allah because of your desires. Then the next stage is you actually start to invite people to what you're doing. Oh, you need to do this too. And before you know it, now you're doing what shaitan does. So what am I showing you? What, this is just an example. Now, who here would say any of these, like indulging in something permissible is wrong? I could never say that to you. But when you look at the big picture and it's like, wait, please understand how things are connected, then you're like, oh yeah, maybe I should be more conscious of these mubahat. So now you understand why certain people in our early tradition would restrict things and be reserved in areas that are totally permissible. Because once I get loose here, again, I'm not being conservative because I'm strong. I'm being conservative because I'm weak. I, that's a mind game changer for me, Haytham. People think these conservative people are super strong. No, I'm weak. That's why I'm all the way over here. Because if I get right here, I don't have what you have. I'm a fall. So I'm going to be way over there. That's where I need to be. You could be right there. You're stronger than me. I can't. So, Why did I say this? Because as we talk about each one of these things, I need you to realize that they are done tadrijan. Tadrijan, progression, like, uh, Slowly, little bit by little bit. It's never all at once. All right, so let's get straight into the first one. The first big door to this castle, this fortress of a heart, the first huge door is the door of fear. Let me say this verse again. Indeed, that is Satan. He instills fear in the hearts of those who are close to him. Remember, Quran says Shaitan is your adu. Don't be his friend. This verse says one of the first things you'll notice is one of the tricks of Shaitan where he gets into the heart is the door of fear into the heart. Um, now, this is huge. What does it mean? Really simple. When you become shook, <laughs> When you become scared of everything, I'm trying to say this is, I, when you become scared of, when you become scared of Allah, you ain't worried about nothing else. Now flip that on the other side. 
What does shaitan make you do? Scared of everything. I think I, there was a, 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 a quote of Mark Twain. Right? We could quote Mark Twain, right? Where he said, uh, I feared a lot of things in life, most of which never happened. <laughs> I feared a lot of things in life, the most of which never happened. I think my wife can let me know if I said it correct. I'm pretty sure I said it correct. Like a lot of stuff, Shaitan just have us worried. Driving down the highway, worried about dumb stuff. Why, Mikael, why is that important? Here's why it's important. We are motivated by a battle of fears and, and, and desires. Our lower fears are trumped by our greater fears. And we, we act based on what our greatest fear is. Let me give an example, okay? This is a real example, okay? I was at, I had to get an MRI the other day, okay? I'm fine, don't worry about me, I'm good, right? Kind of. <laughs> so it was time to pray Asr, right? I'm a human like you, okay? I like, I got the same issues. I need somewhere to pray. I'm like, where am I gonna pray? I was like, I ain't trying to just pray in the office right here. It looks weird, like, I know some of y'all, like, I don't care, Allahu Akbar. <laughs> For me, I need to be on the side somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't trying to be right in front of everybody. So it's funny. I gotta, don't forget to remind me of the auntie at the end of the story, if I forget. So then I go outside in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pray. Right? I see this just big open grass. I'm like, man, I just came from Medina, yo. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> yo, straight up. I was, I was like, man, I was just in Mecca, yo. Allahu Akbar. Cars driving past, Right? Now, let's be real. There's a fear of judgment that's stopping me. That's a fear, and it's stopping me. But there needs to be a greater fear, or, Haytham, a greater love that will trump that fear for me to overcome it. In that moment, I had to dig deep and say, is this fear, what's greater than this fear? And, and in that moment, I was like, I can't, I can't miss my asr for Allah. So in that moment, in the whole prayer, I'm like, I fear Allah, fear Allah, fear Allah, fear Allah. And it trumped the other fear. Was the other fear real? Of course it was real. I mean, some of you may not struggle with that. I do, okay, whatever, right? Stop judging me, all right? <laughs> but whatever it may be, I'm just giving an example. You, fear is important because fear is, a mo, is our motivator. But you have to control fears. And so what the deen in the Quran, if you read the Quran, all throughout the Quran, whenever it's about khasha or khawf, God is like, stop fearing people. Stop fearing people. Stop fearing people. Stop fearing people. And the first thing shaitan does is he puts fear, makes you worry. What's your boss going to do? What's this person? What's that? What's this? What's this? What's that? And Allah's like, I got you. I had you in the womb. I had you as an infant. I had you as a, a toddler. I had you. I had you. Now you think I'm going to let go of you? I got you. Stop fearing. But shaitan, now here's the deal. Shaitan promises you, you're going to be broke. This is literally a verse of Quran. Shaitan, shaitan tells you, man, you do that, you're going to be broke. You're going to be poor. You're going to be poor. How are you going to give charity? How are you going to do this? So why, why is fear such an important thing? Why does shaitan use fear? He uses fear because 
if he can make us afraid of other things, and that's why the saying is, is so deep. It's subhanAllah, فَكُلَّمَا Listen to this. فَكُلَّمَا قَوِيَ الْإِيمَانُ الْعَبْدِ As your iman gets stronger, your fear of whatever shaitan brings up decreases. But the less your iman, the more you fear everything else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the, the concept here, if you have this like constant worry, and I know we struggle with that, right? Like try to make your greatest fear Allah so that it just trumps those other ones. It trumps those other ones. So shaitan's biggest thing is to make, now here's the problem. Once you have fear, now it's, 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 it's he's your game, your game. You fear your job loss. You fear acceptance from people. You fear all these things. Now he's got you. Now he's got you, right? And so uh, I want to share one more hadith about this poverty. There was a hadith I read that says, when a person tries to give charity, 70 shayateen surround this person, making this person want to cling to their money. You're going to be poor. You're going to be broke. 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 Like shaitan truly, truly uses that fear of poverty, fear of blame, fear of getting canceled, yo. How many people ain't speaking the truth? Because, dang, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be canceled. Huh? Everyone. So that fear of people is controlling us. And that's what, I mean, that's what's so beautiful about Umar. That's what's so beautiful about Sahaba. They didn't fear people hating on them. They, they were okay. Thick skin. And, I, and you know what else? I'll say this. As a minority, they say one of the benefits, being a minority is hard, right? But one of the benefits of minority is you get thick skin. Because you're already kind of like judged. You get what I'm saying? You walk in the store as an African-American, you're kind of just like, yeah, all right, whatever. Follow me. Come on, come on. <laughs> come on, let's go. Let's go. You know what I mean? You just get, you just get used to it. You walk around as a hijabi, you're kind of just like, yeah, look at me, hi. <laughs> you, subhanAllah, you just get that thick skin. So the quicker, now this is what I'll say. The quicker you can learn not to be afraid of things. And uh, we're, this is a war till we die. Guys, don't walk out of here like, oh, I can't do this. I'll come for next halakha, maybe I can do that. No, we're, this is a war. We're fighting this every day. Every day you're reading affirmations that tell you Allah is enough, Allah is enough, Allah is enough. You know, you're running that race and, and while you're running, you're talking to yourself. You're like, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. So we're in a race right now and I wake up afraid of stuff. Alhamdulillah, I have a few people I call and they're like, are you kidding me? Right? They just give me that, oh, you're afraid of that? What's wrong with you? Fear Allah. I'm like, yeah, you're right, bro. My bad. So again, Affirmations, affirmations, affirmations. What are affirmations? They're things you repeat to remind yourself of your ideals. Uh, what's one of the verses? Subhanallah. Oh, here's the best one. Hasbi Allahu la ilaha illahu. It's not a verse, but it's an affirmation the Prophet read seven times every morning. People are like, why do you just read that same thing every morning? It's my affirmation. 
because shaitan wants to make me afraid. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to be analyzing our thoughts all week. When you find fears coming up, stop right there. Ask yourself, Mikael, Michael, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? If you're not afraid, like if, if Allah's not in this equation, don't fear it. Trust in Allah. Trust in Allah. Trust in Allah. Trust in Allah. And, and guys, don't get me wrong. Your, your level gets... The Prophet Sallallahu was doing hijrah with Abu Bakr. And the guy was chasing them. And the narration who was chasing them, Suraka, he goes, there was one guy walking and he never looked back. But there was another guy next to him who kept looking back at me. The guy just walking was the Prophet Sallallahu being chased by a bounty hunter. And the other guy looking back was Abu Bakr. But us compared to Abu Bakr is like night and day. But Abu Bakr to the Prophet is like night and day. <laughs> Do you understand? So the point is we're going to keep growing. But question your fears. Tell Shaytan, like, I don't care. I'm good. Allah's got me. And remember the hadith that if the entire world gathered together to harm you and it wasn't written for you, they can never harm you at all. Make that your mantra. Just repeat it, repeat it until it's ingrained inside you. Surround yourself with a buddy that will remind you of that, a sister that will remind you of that. Like she just knows already when you call her. You're like, ring, ring, ring. She answers like, yeah, what's up? Uh, can you remind me? Yep, I got you. Same thing. We need friends like that too. So that's the first thing. Um, there's one hadith, which is my favorite hadith. And, and, and it hit me the first time I heard it from my teacher. Man al humum. Whoever takes all of their worries, hamman wahida, and makes all of their worries one worry, hamma akhiratihi, their worry for the akhirah, kafahullahu hamma dunyahu. Allah takes care of all of the other worries. But it's not done. First of all, that's the beautiful part. Like the Prophet is saying, stop worrying about everything, focus on one thing. That's it. That's it. Just, just this. And everything will fall into line. Just try it. Try the prophet. You know how sometimes y'all watch YouTube videos of weird stuff and you just try it? Well, this is the prophet's like, just, just try. Just give it a shot. Take all of your worries. Stop worrying and say, you know what? I'm only going to worry about my relationship with Allah all week. And any time, subhanAllah, how, what's going to remind me is when I get worried about something, I'm like, oh, yep, uh So it's, it's beautiful. Because shaitan stops making you scared because every time he makes you scared, you're turning back to Allah. Yo, I don't think you feel what I'm trying to say. Like, if every time he makes you afraid of something, you use this tactic to go back to Allah, shaitan's like, we got to switch up the game because class three was lit. <laughs> no, please, please. You worry, you walk out of here. You get in your car and you're worried about something, right away, just laugh, smile. Shaitan. I'm worried about Allah. What's my relationship? I'm worried if I'm going to get fudger tomorrow. In the masjid. There you go. In the masjid. I'm worried if I'm going to get to hajjit tonight. It's winter nights. We should be getting that to hajjit in, yo. Okay. Oh, the hadith wasn't over, though. Here's the... Um, Harsh side of that hadith. Whoever is scattered by their worries. It's a beautiful hadith too. 
whoever is scattered by their worries. Like your, your mind's everywhere. Your mind is everywhere. It's school, husband, wife, mother, father, money, this, that. You're scattered by worries. This is the harsh part. Allah doesn't care in which valley of worries you die in. I know it sounds hard, but think about it. When Allah's like, I got you, and you're like, you get it? He's already saying, I got you. But you're like, no, no, I got me. Let me take care of all these worries. No, I'm serious. This is deep. So the end of the hadith is strong. I don't care what valley you die in. Why is, why is this hadith so harsh? Well, because, because he just said, like, I got you. I'll take care of it all. But you said, no, I got me. So he's like, okay, go ahead. And it, they're going to consume you. It's beautiful hadith, guys, beautiful. I know we started mad late, yo. Um, but I got one more trick of shaitan, one door of shaitan to talk about, okay? Okay, this is a tough one. Um, a big door of shaitan is The word means hope or desire or expectations in people. Hope, desire, all of those are synonyms, okay? Hope or desire in people. Expectations in people. Listen to what Ghazali says. This is pretty heavy. Let me start off actually with something else. In the battle of Uhud, right? Just came back. In the battle of Uhud, um, the Prophet ﷺ, he left with uh, like a thousand people. Okay? And while we were on our way to go to this battle, this leading hypocrite who like hated the Prophet ﷺ and hated the Muslims, halfway to the battle, he takes him and 300 of his ilk, his people, and they go, you know what? We don't support this battle. We're going back. His, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Surur. He's like, I don't agree with this battle. I told you guys we shouldn't have left Medina. We should have stayed back. We're, we're leaving. We're out of here. 300 of them leave. At that moment, I need you to understand this, like, the gravity of the situation. There's 10 of us about to go to battle to have each other's back. And halfway there, three of the 10 dipped. It's only seven of us left. People will let you down. Allah won't. Here's what you got to understand. This is the key. In that moment, did the prophet turn back? Oh, no, guys, we're all done. <laughs> Prophet's like, your loss. Because we got Allah anyway. We're good. Why, why am I bringing this up? Because Ghazali says this, when you desire people, when you desire to be in people's hearts, you will do whatever it takes to gain their approval. And the moment that happens, shaitan's got you. Done. Let me say what Ghazali says. He goes, the biggest, one of the biggest doors that shaitan enters into your heart is the, the door of tamat fin nas, hoping from people, desiring people's approval. Listen to this. When this desire overcomes your heart, like, like just take a scenario. I need a person. I'm going to use Haytham. He's right in front of me, right? So like for some reason, I'm really just trying to like 
gained his approval. So now what happens? لَمْ يَزَلْ Shaytan makes me want to do whatever possible to look good in front of him. I'm trying to do whatever possible. I mean, this sounds like corporate, but anyways. Uh, I'm trying to do whatever possible to look good in front of him. What tazayin for the one and to beautify myself for the one who I desire from. I desire. So now I'm showing off. I'm, I'm flexing. I'm, uh, I, and he says, listen. He goes, you start to go after this person so much, it's as if they're, they are your idol you're worshiping. I'm doing everything possible to gain this person's approval. So, 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 I'm constantly thinking, how, how, how can I gain Haytham's approval? How can I gain this approval? Um, now, I don't care what it takes to get that. Now I'm doing everything possible to gain that. So what are, what are we learning from this? What do we learn? Oh, and then he goes, and then far be it from you to correct the wrong that he does. Far be it from me to correct any wrong Haytham does once I just want his approval and his love. He's taken over me. So what is he mentioning here? Look, this is, this, if I would have narrated what I'm about to narrate right now first, you would have been like, all right, that's extreme. But now listen to it. In the early days of Islam, the Prophet wasallam, he took bay'ah. Bay'ah is like he would hold their hand and he would say, like, uh, promise me this or promise me that. So he took bay'ah, he took their hand and he said, promise me, promise me that you won't ask anyone for anything. I know you guys are like, nope, I don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> the Sahaba say, after that, we would be on our camel and we would drop our whip that we use for the camel. We would sit the camel down, get off the camel, pick up the whip. Even if there was a person walking right next to us, we wouldn't ask anyone for anything. We would do it ourselves. Like, I want you to understand how independent their hearts were from the people. They loved people. They took care of them. They gave sadaqah. They gave charity. Like, don't get it twisted. They loved people. They took care of people. But the love of people wasn't in their heart. Once the love of, look, guys, if I want to impress y'all, I'm not going to drop the huck. I'm, not, I'm just going to keep it nice and smooth and really nice and whatever. No. I'm going to tell you like it is. Why? Because I'm trying to do this to, 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 for the love of God. But the moment your love and you're my primary concern, what happens at that moment? Shaitan makes you the objective. And so that's why Imam Ghazali, he says, these people become almost like the thing that you worship. So Prophet is going to Uhud, 300 people bounce. He's like, okay. That was fine. I was already trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way I will make this make sense to you is, as I said, people in life will let us down. That's, that's life. I, I hope for good for them, whatever. But I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has got my back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never let me down. So Imam Ghazali, he says that the biggest next door, the next biggest door 
that shaitan uses to come in your heart is you put all of your hope and expectation and desire in somebody other human being. So don't do that. Because the moment you do that, he will make you do whatever possible. And you know what's crazy? It's funny now because people who want to be influencers, it's not even about one person. It's about everybody's heart. It's, I, I got to get in everybody's heart. Not everyone. You got to fight it, obviously. You got to fight it. But that can happen for someone that's not conscious of Allah. I need to impress everyone. I need to impress everyone. I need to get into everyone's heart. So now the one who's trying to get followers is actually following after everyone else. It's kind of weird, kind of ironic, right? SubhanAllah. So these were two doors, two doors. There's Two more I could talk about, but I think, you know, you guys came on time. It's getting kind of late. Um, so what did we talk about? Let's just recap what we went over for today. Um, we talked about how to identify evil thoughts and where they're coming from. And the function of that is so that you can uh, respond to it in the right way and, and get rid of it. Um, and then we talked about how this battle never stops. This war with Shaitan, we're always fighting. So whatever we mentioned today, don't expect it to you to conquer it. Um, I forgot to tell you, you told, I told you to remind me about the auntie. Come on, bro. So I pray my salah, and I come back into the doctor's office. And sitting right there in the doctor's office is this elderly auntie praying her salah right there. I was like, yo. I'm soft, yo. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. She was really, really elderly, mashallah. She was sitting down. She was just praying, and I was like, man, auntie, man, I wish I could pray with you, you know what I mean? So, subhanAllah. Um, so, okay, so what did we talk about? We talked about identifying evil thoughts. One of the powerful things we said is that even an evil thought can come from Allah because it's a consequence of a, of a sin you did, right? But that also works on the positive side, too. Um, we talked about thoughts coming from the lower self. Uh, if they're persistent and they don't stop, that's the nafs. You gotta fight the nafs. You gotta fight it. You just fight it. There's no words you can say. There's no special words you can say. You just gotta fight the nafs. That's all you can do against the nafs. If it's from shaitan, a'udhu billah, dhikr, things like that, that will help you. Um, then we talked about this example. The heart is this special place, this fortress, this, this you know, I heard, I read one thing that said that um, Allah, like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created all of this earth for you, for you, for you, for you. All of this, okay? Everything is for you. That's a theme in the Quran. But for him, he created one thing, your heart. He doesn't want anything else in it. He doesn't want, it's his. He gave you everything. You can have the cars, the house, the spouse, the this, that, whatever you want. It's all yours. But you got to give Allah one thing. Don't give it to nobody. But you got to protect it though. How do you protect it? Well, you protect the doors. We just went over two of the doors. Two of the doors. Door number one, shaitan comes through, fear. He's going to exploit fear. You are susceptible to fear of everything. Shaitan's going to like, I got it. I got to take advantage of that. Stop fearing anything but God. And the moment you fear something else, use that as a means to help you remember Allah. The more you fear other things, just say, up, oh, that's a sign of weak faith. No, I trust Allah. I trust Allah. I trust Allah. Number two, we talked about fear. Then we talked about 
a really delicate one. Does everyone understand the second one? Everyone understand the second one? Like this desire of acceptance from people? Yeah, she asked the question. She said, what about the hadith that says when Allah loves you, he calls to Gabriel, I love such and such person, so you love him too. Gabriel announces, Allah loves such and such, so everyone loves this person. And this person's acceptance is put on the earth. She's like, how do you compare those? The difference is seeking out. See, it's so beautiful. The beginning of the hadith is this. The person keeps trying to get close to Allah until Allah loves them. So they got acceptance from people seeking what? People or? Exactly. It's okay if people love you. That's great. Alhamdulillah. I don't want to be hated. The prophet didn't want to be hated. It was hard on him. But he didn't seek out, search, strive, plot, do whatever to gain people's love. If it comes, so be it. And so the prophet, he's loved. Come on, look at us. But in the beginning years, was he? He had to focus on the love of Allah. So the beginning of that hadith says, if you work towards the love of Allah, Allah will cause all the good people to love you. So that's how I would look at that. But remember, the, the way shaitan uses that is that you will do whatever it takes to gain that person's approval. That's how shaitan ex exploits that thing. And that's why we just do whatever our boss says, whatever our friends say, whatever, whatever, whatever. So just become spiritually mature. You remember how when we were like in eighth grade, we would just do anything because our friends were doing them? Maybe in high school too. And eventually you grew up, hopefully. No, seriously. Seriously, we did, I did horrible things in life because of I wanted people's approval. Horrible things. So that's what we're fighting against. And that's what shaitan exploits. That's a great question. I think that helped everyone understand that one a, a lot deeper. Alhamdulillah. Okay, again, I want to apologize for coming late. That's not me. I don't come late to things. I try never to. Um, it's just coming on the highway, there was this big accident and it just slowed everything down. So I'm very sorry about that. Uh, we'll be on time next week, of course, inshallah ta'ala. Um, may Allah accept, inshallah, from us. Um, may Allah give us the strength to, to fight this battle that we're in. Uh, may Allah give us the knowledge of understanding how to fight this battle against shaitan. Uh, may Allah protect our hearts from fearing anything other than him. Uh, may Allah allow our hearts only to desire Allah. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, bless us with good thoughts. Um, that become actions and good actions that become habits. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun alil mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakumullah khair inshallah.